0: Welcome to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the Janet Jackson podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. We are excited today to talk with a very special guest, Mr. Wayne Scott Lucas, former host of What Not to Wear and stylist to the stars, including at one time our beloved Janet Jackson. My name is Courtney and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. So Wayne. Thanks so much for being here. We're truly excited to
1: talk to you today. Many of our listeners know you because a lot of Janet fans know who's worked with her. But for those very few who do not know who you are, how would you introduce yourself?
2: A big, giant gay.
1: <laughs>
2: I love it! <laughs> no, I'm, a celebrity, I'm a celebrity fashion stylist for, um, I would say, now 37 years. Um, I've dressed everybody from Roseanne Barr to Janet Jackson to Justin to Tina Turner I've done a lot of world tours. Um, The biggest lesson was that I took my ego out of it. So I think that I'm a servant to the people. And I'm a fan just like you guys are. I wash celebrities underwear. And I also get to go to the red carpet. So it's, (laughs) it's all the levels of it. You know what I mean? And I'm not buying tampons for Cindy Crawford the same way I'm buying her a diamond necklace. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Yeah, I've done it all. And it's been a A really good career and a really fun career, but I would just describe myself as a celebrity fashion stylist, TV show host of What Not To Wear, and then a consultant to many companies on Instagram and Facebook, and I also had a clothing line called Lucas Style, so I was also a fashion designer, and I sold that on HSN for a while. And we had a beautiful dress that was based on how Janet looked in her clothes and the people loved it.
0: Yeah, I actually took a look at some of those pieces that you had in that collection and they were really nice. And I kind of liked that. They were like, I don't want to be insulting, but they're kind of like geranimals for adults. (laughs) That
2: was the idea, mixed match. And we cut them in beautiful shapes and it was wash and wear. And the best thing was, Janet called in one night. No celebrity has ever called in other than Cher to Home Shopping Network.
0: I love that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a great tape. She's really funny and she's sweet for doing it.
0: Absolutely. Hey, we have just a ton of questions for you. I do want to talk first about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction.
2: How amazing was that? I was
0: there. How amazing was it? I was there. Where were you? My seat was severely worse than yours. You were with all
2: those scary white people in the concert t-shirts up not the doing top, this right? They were dancing <laughs> with these <heavy laughs> scarves on, with Stevie Nicks like, all half waisted with frizzy blonde hair. Was
0: that was that what you were saying? Not setting? doing that with you. I might have seen the people you're referring to, but I'm not going to do this <laughs> with you. Um, I will say the audience was pretty spectacular from the f- standpoint of people were really really appreciative of all of the acts, and people really enjoyed themselves. But I was actually sitting somewhere where people complained and tried to get a lady put out. Uh, She had had two or three more than her limit, Uh but she was having a good time. She was singing. She was loud. She was dancing. The people in
2: that audience really wanted to be there and they really wanted to support their artists. And I'm telling you, it's amazing to see the Janet fans next to the Stevie Nicks, next to The Cure, next to Roxy Music. Oh,
0: yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and
2: everybody just got along. Yeah, you know?
0: it was a lot of fun. Here's what I wanted to ask you. You know, we saw so many pics of that night, especially the, the one of you with Janet and just really both of you were too beautiful to behold. Oh, that's kind. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, you know, we've seen so many pictures of, I'm calling them uh, Janet Day Ones, right? So all the folks who had worked with Janet Previously, many of them had come out that night. It seemed like she reached out to so many of her contributors, even from the very beginning. And you all showed up. You know, we saw Tina there. We saw Angela yeah. Wimbush.
2: I was, and I was sitting next to Janet Satoon. She was there. Her hairdresser.
0: Yes, Janet Satoon was there. Yeah. Yes.
2: Shit, J- Johnny Gill. Hello. <laughs> Johnny's
0: everywhere. Yes, like everyone came.
2: Hello. So
0: what I wanted to ask you was, what does her including you all on this day mean to you? And what does it say about Janet that she did that?
2: You know, the thing that you guys need to really get, it, you know, with, through all the struggles and all the things you've watched going on, and I never speak for Janet, but I'm going to speak around her because she, she's her own person. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you is she is human, she is kind to a fault, and she is lovely. She had no reason to include me, Janet Satun, or anybody in her life. And she said, when, you, when I didn't feel beautiful, you helped me feel beautiful. There were many, many nights when, you know, she was busy and her family was sick or her brother was doing something and something else was, and Janet was so down and she had to be lifted up to go on David Letterman or lifted up to go do a video or lifted up. And you know what, Mm -hmm. what we became was a mini family. Mm -hmm. And in that family, I got your back, you have mine. As a stylist, as a hairdresser, as a choreographer, our jobs are to take care of the celebrity. Most of our job is taking care of the person, you know, that they're dressed well, that they feel good, that they've eaten, that they're protected. If you walk down the street and a crazy person shows up, you've got their back. I'm six foot four, so I would always be around protective at the same time because I dress Christy Brinkley and I dress a lot of women. And it's always, you know, there's a lot of fans that aren't the best fans that come around. And what that moment should have shown her fans was that. She is everything you guys wish she was. Mm. She is the perfect best friend. Mm-hmm. She is the perfect girlfriend. She is the perfect boyfriend. She is the perfect sister, cousin, aunt, you know, wife, lover. She's all the things that we all strive to be. But because she's so private, everybody doesn't get a chance to see it. And I think in that moment, I know in that moment, in that night, when she called out hair and makeup, she's had a million you know, not a million, but she's had a lot of stylists. She called me out. You know, I didn't hear her say some other names that I know, but she called out um, Gil and Tina. I mean, these are the people that, and Paula, you know, Paula Abdul, these are the people that meant the beginning, the middle, and the end, and it's just the beginning for the rest of her career. So every fantasy you have of how Janet is is what you saw that night because if you met her and if you had worked with her and had been intimate with her, she would have made sure she remembered you. And that means something because she didn't have to remember me that Mm -hmm. night. She paid me to do my work. You know, she pays us to do our work, Mm -hmm. but she remembered the ones that remember her. Mm -hmm. And we've always been loyal. And we've and I listen, I work with a lot of celebrities. You don't want to be loyal to a lot of them. A lot of them aren't nice. Wow. Mm -hmm. So to have a celebrity that is that nice, and look at she she thanked her assistant. She thanked her business manager, Jaime. She She just, and I, and I, and I paid attention to who she thanked. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. And it meant a lot to me because I know there are others that didn't get a mention. And then I thought, you know what? She really talked about the people that she knows have her back. It's 2018 or 19 and the Super Bowl happened in 2003 or four. You've never heard me or Gil say a word. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Every dream you have of that woman is a true dream. And I've been lucky enough to be part of that fantasy. And it's been really a blessing in my life
1: to have Janet in my life. So many people have been excited for this moment for Janet to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we all feel like it was long overdue for her. Talk to us about that night from your perspective. What stood out to you? Well, you know, it's so funny that me and Janet are only like a year apart in age because
2: I was in my friend Stacy Thompson's basement in Bergenfield, New Jersey, in high school. And I was dancing in the basement to Pleasure Principle. I was one of those people dancing to Pleasure Principle. And me and Stacy were trying to learn the moves and do the moves. And you know, sometimes when you're when you're like when you're worshiping a celebrity, you forget mm-hmm. Janet was only a year older than me at that point. Janet was such a huge star when I was in tenth, eleventh grade, I would say like eight, 1980, 79, 80, 81, 82. Those years. She was so huge. And she's as big as she is now, but back then, you didn't have pop stars like you have now. So she was new and fresh, and her stuff was right on the money. So I would say that um, being able to see her finally be included in music history took it to a different level because, you know, I dressed Tina Turner. Tina Turner got in. I dressed, you know, so-and-so, and they got in. Those people you expect to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Janet Jackson carved out a niche that nobody ever expected, and now she has opened the door. I hated that Stevie Nicks went first because I'd rather Janet was the first woman that night to be inducted, right? (laughs) And I'm going to tell you something. Janet Jackson being inducted has opened the door for so many women now that you would never expect to hit that level. I mean, look at the work that Pink is starting to do. Look at the work that Gaga's done with film and television. Mm-hmm. The sky Absolutely. is the limit for Janet Jackson. And you know what? Seeing her with her baby, it, it just closed the door for me when she said, Your little sister made good, like look at your little
0: sister. Oh my goodness. Oh,
2: I, I was up in the stands with Janet Satuna and I cried. I mean, her dad has passed away recently and I, I just got emotional because I thought when I go to Janet's house and she it has the baby, I'm telling you, the nanny or the maid, Lucy, who takes care of her, they don't touch the baby. Janet puts that baby on her hip. She packs his luggage. She is playing with him. She is talking to him. It's now Janet and the baby. So she's not a celebrity that hands the baby off. Mm -hmm. She actually does self-care. Right. And so all around around this whole magic thing, and because Mm -hmm. I've worked really hard not to have my own ego anymore because I had a big ego for a while, I just love that I have a friend. That is a great mom, that is a great friend, that has an open heart, and that everything you could imagine she'd be like to sit and have dinner or lunch with, it's that, and then it's a hundred times funnier, a hundred times more loving, and a hundred times more exciting because no matter how close you get to her, you go, (laughs) Oh my god, that's Janet Jackson. (laughs) No matter how long I've known her, I still go, Oh my god, that's Janet Jackson. Wow. And something happened the other day, and someone asked me something, and they said, just call her and ask her. And I said, you know what? And I said this to Gil. I said, you know what? For me still, Gil and Janet are best friends, really best friends. I've known Janet for many, many years. But you know what? I never crossed the line that it's still Janet Jackson. And I keep that respectful line. And sometimes it, I miss because hmm. I want to text her more. And I want to bother her more and see how she's doing more. But I keep the distance so that she knows I'm here. Mm-hmm. But there's also a respect for the level of where she's gotten in her career. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: It does. But it does make me feel good too, personally, because I wonder, does she have people that are close to her? I, if,
2: if she calls me and says, come to lunch, it's like being with your best girlfriend in the whole world. And, and when we were working together all the time, we could talk about anything. And there was, I had some personal stuff that went on. And mm-hmm. Janet once said, why didn't you ask me for help? And I thought, wow, all my friends didn't offer, but Janet did. Wow. You know, she hmm. she is that best friend. She really is. And I think only a few people are lucky enough to have her be their friend. As weird as that sounds, because she can't share with everybody, I think she'd be wiped right, out. Right,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that.
2: And that's what I said in that picture of me and her. I go, Joe, I talked to her bodyguard. I said, Joey, I said, my mom wants a picture of me and Janet. I said, I just need one before she's done. He goes, okay, you better get in there now. So I walked over, and I think she had just done like Janelle Monet and little Kim was coming, and I go, Janelle need a picture. And as I go to sit down, she says to Joey, Joey, I really need a break after this. And I go, bitch. I go, who you think you're talking to? When I sit down, do you want a break? And if I post the other pictures, there's three of us, and then she's at the third one, she's laughing because she's just like, I can't believe I just said that, Lucas. Because when, you, when, you, when she does these things, it still works. She has to sit there and talk to everybody that comes in, wants to see Janet. Right. And they want a picture and they want to pose and they want to it's you know, it's still business.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Could you tell what kind of headspace she was in that night of the induction? Like you just said, it's still work. And this is something that's huge and monumental. Um, But there's Uh a lot of of press right now Uh that isn't necessarily positive around her brother and she shared so much with us in the past, including her tendency to feel undeserved of some of the accolades and some of the praise. Did you get a sense of how she was taking it all in that night? Was she owning the moment or had it not really sunk in yet? What was your take um, on that? Let me think.
2: I would say that the best thing about Janet is she's an unbelievable multitasker where she can. she's had to learn from a young age how to be unemotional when you want to be emotional, how to hold back your love when you want to give love, you know, to protect herself. Mm -hmm. And I would Mm -hmm. say honestly that there is no way that that night didn't, um, she would never have said, and to my brothers, you know, your sister did great. She's talking to Michael too. She's talking to all of them. And you know what? They all belong connected together. I, I don't believe the fans that say, I saw one thing. Oh, I saw her eyes. They look so sad. Stop. Stop Mm -hmm. making up Mm -hmm. this stuff. She's busy. She's working. She's a working mom and she's not a working mom with a lot of help. She's very hands on. Mm -hmm. So the day, a day to get prepared for a show like that, if the show is at six o'clock, she may have started at 11 o'clock in the morning. Hair Mm -hmm. and makeup and get shower and then the clothes. So even earlier for a show like that, like, I woke up that morning scared to death thinking I was dressing her. And I said to my mom, yeah, I said to my mom, I said I have the same pressure that I used to have for like all for you or doesn't really matter. I feel like I can't fail. I don't want to screw up on her. I want to – so she's surrounded by people that are taking care of her. And at the same time, Janet is meticulous about paying attention to everything going on, how the glove fits, how the hair looks, how the eyeline on the makeup looks. She's very um, invested in her own image. And then at the same time, she's being a mom. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, she is reading that terrible press. But you know what? In her life, she's read wonderful and terrible press her whole life. You know, so she knows how to balance those two things. And the best part about bad press is we all know the truth. So when you know the truth, it doesn't matter. Right. And so the fans can say, oh, look, at she's so upset. You know what, guys? She knows the truth. We all know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So people can say bad things all they want. It doesn't mean it's you. They should just be saying it into a mirror. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Every
2: time you want to shade somebody, look in the mirror and say it to yourself first. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You
2: may not say it to the next person then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody's bad comments are a reflection of them, not you. It's never about you, ever. No matter how you take it or how you feel, what someone says about you is a reflection of them. Oh,
0: absolutely.
2: That's it. That includes the press. That includes... I would say that, as a human, that would probably disappoint her in the world, what's been going on, but as Janet, she's uh, a lot smarter, a lot more full of God's love, and a lot more loving and caring that she would let it take over her existence. It's not who she is. How can you sh- How can Janet spread love to all you guys if she can't feel it herself? How can she spread love if she feels like she's being attacked? She's just a lovely, a lovely girl, and she knows how to separate the mess from the truth.
0: You know yeah she we we totally admire her ability to compartmentalize right Absolutely. and I think I think for you know we we've seen her do tremendous things under duress you know we saw how she stepped up right after her father had passed away yeah. and did the essence festival yeah. and we saw how you know, B E T when Michael passed, she went right out yep. and spoke on behalf of the family. So we know that, that the strength that she has to do that kind of thing and the way she can compartmentalize things is amazing.
2: I was just gonna say she's a very, very everything you could dream, dream about about being a strong woman yourself, she's a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. Very absolutely, strong woman. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Now and I don't know, you know, how much insight you have on this, but you no, know, for days leading up to the rock and roll Holland fame in the ceremony there was a lot of speculation about whether or not janet would perform or not and many people thought because the ceremony you know would air on hbo that she decided to decline doing that just because of the documentary about her brother do you think that was in her mind that hey maybe she shouldn't perform or she was gonna wasn't gonna perform because of how hbo aired that documentary Well, you
2: know what I would say? I wasn't around during that and those conversations, and I haven't spoken to her about that personally, so I can't really speak on it. But the truth of the matter is I feel that um, I would 100% trust any choices that she made about performing or not performing based on her reasoning because I think she's very smart, and I think she's a very kind girl, and I think she knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So. If I, if somebody said Janet said she's going to do this because of this, I would say I trust her, follow her lead. Yeah,
0: yeah. And we we read like in Variety was reporting that that was the reason, and we don't <laughs> yeah. really believe anything until we hear from Janet. So it was like it was like sources close to Janet, and we're like, okay, yeah. well, whatever that means. And what I will say is this: you know, a lot of fans traveled to New York as soon as we heard about you know, the induction. Lots of folks bought tickets and made travel plans and everything, thinking that she would perform. And I was just so. Really proud. I was blown away because you know when we got there and we learned she wouldn't perform, no one was upset. You know, everyone was like, if she, if this is what she decided, we're behind her one hundred percent. We're still super excited to be here because it's a historic moment. Like we were so excited for her to get this induction long overdue. So whether she performed or didn't
2: perform, we were there. I got to tell you something. I I'm going to be honest about this. I could not sit through one more person performing at that show. (laughs) Uh, and you know, you know I'm right. I could not take. I let me tell you, you I couldn't take one Janet. more minute. And the no. truth is, honestly, when she came out and Janelle, Janelle Monet gave that woman's speech, that was so amazing, so amazing. So when she came out and gave that speech, I thought, "That's all I need. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. <laughs> I didn't need any more." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you really, you, you didn't need Janet to they come shut out it down. and boop de bop de bop flip flop turn on the fans it's like you know she was a respectful lady and she was telling her story and she was being thankful <laughs> listen
0: we would have taken boop de bop de bop so i don't even want to hear that like a- if <laughs> she decided that's what she wanted to do we would have taken it um but i will say this when she finished it was quite hilarious like when she finished it was a mass exodus Everybody and there were still two groups to go there were oh my god i thought it was over what happened after her (laughs) exactly my point there was so many people stood up to leave and I felt kind of embarrassed because I wanted to leave as well but I was like I felt like I gotta stay at least like seven minutes into this next thing oh my god
2: there was the next thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the last two groups I did not I heard the zombies from the hallway, and then I don't she know what
2: did. And that's that's the best way to hear the zombies, from the hallway. You <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying? Oh, my God.
0: It was a lot to take. It was a lot to take.
2: Oh, my God. Janelle and a and Janet were just these clean, well-styled women that came out and spoke and went away. It was respectful. It was great. I could not take another minute of a rock star, 90 pounds, too heavy, with the eye makeup on and the bad fright wig, singing, and people, I couldn't take it.
0: Not going to do it. There was oh some God. interesting hair, though. It was so, well, it was, I want to be respectful because
2: it's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I. I was just proud to see my friend. That's all I cared about. So thankful. I tell you, I was so proud of her. And I said to her, when I saw her, I said, Kevin, Kevin would have been so happy. Kevin Mm -hmm. Aquan. He would have been so happy in that Mm -hmm. moment.
0: What did you think about her look? What was your favorite part? I'm assuming you had a favorite part. Maybe you didn't. I love, to,
2: I love that her hair and her makeup and her gloves all kind of match. Yes,
0: I love mm-hmm. that too. And
2: then the feathers. And the I feathers was talking on the bottom
0: to, of the dress. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they,
2: were, they were dyed. I was talking to Rob Behar at the party, the after party, and he had said like, you know, how hard they had worked on that look. And, you know, it wasn't Gautier, It was Janet Jackson and Rob designed it together. Oh, so that was a designed outfit with Gautier being the inspiration, but that was designed by Janet and Rob Behar together.
0: It was beautiful. That was their awesome. look,
2: and yeah, it was right. It was correct for the moment, wasn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Abs- she, she she glowed. Was not only the best dress, yep. but I was just about to say that she looked like royalty when she went on stage. Well, yeah,
2: but think about the other clothes you were looking at. What? What? I mean,
0: okay. Here we. Go. <laughs>
2: I, I, I'm just not going to get into it. But hello.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, Janet okay. looked. Janet looked couture. She looked amazing, and Rob yeah. is a great stylist. And one of the best things about um, working with Janet is that if you're healthy, you can go back and you can get to know Rob because he's a wonderful stylist, and you don't have to be jealous because who's dressing who. You just have to keep knowing that we're all in this to make our friend look amazing. That's our job. Mm-hmm. and love her mm-hmm. so that she can love you guys. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We appreciate that. We we appreciate how much care the team takes oh, yeah. for Janet. And we know that a lot of that is because of how much care she takes for them. Oh,
2: yeah. And she's so smart that if you fail, she'll let you know in a nice way. But she'll say, no, Lucas, that's not the right shoe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing Saturday Night Live with her. And we were getting ready for that Saturday Night Live and I was running around in, in this one of those New York City hot summer thunderstorms. It had to be like 97 degrees, 100% humidity, freezing, free. I mean, boiling, boiling hot, pouring mm-hmm. sweat. I come running in with 40 pair of shoes. She's sitting in the, um, in the bathroom and Janet Tatoon's doing her hair and she's facing out into the room. So I run in, the door's open. I open all the shoes. Now I'm covered in, in rain, soaking wet, sweating, and it's getting later and later, and I'm running, 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 running. I open all the shoes, and I lay them on the floor, and I go, which ones do you like? She goes, I don't know. I don't really see it there. And I look at her, and I'm like, don't really see it there? She's like, mm, I don't know, Lucas. That's not right. I went back out in the storm because you because you love her. I went back out in the storm. I came back. I opened 10 more pairs, and she goes, that's the ones. And then she said, I know you could do it, Lucas. And I love that story. I love that she did it. I love that she pushed me. And the other thing is, she did push me. Because any of those other shoes would have been okay for any other celebrity, like Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> Janet knew that the fabulous uh, shoes uh, were the ones that she picked and that she sent me back out for. She knew that th- that I could push it a little further and she'd get what she wanted. So. She did. And that was, and you. Love those it. are the shoes she wore on, each, on Saturday Night Live in the opening. Okay. I think she had on a that little short crop top and those pink jeans. Love that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Hey, maybe you could tell us something about the party. The after party Wonderful. looked amazing. Uh, I think it was DJed by MC Light. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I um,
2: forget who the DJ was. Was it MC was, Light?
0: Well, she, MC Light was there. So I don't know if she DJed, but. No, it was
2: a guy. It was a guy. Let me look up the invitation.
0: Oh, okay. I think it was DJ Active, wasn't it? No. DJ Active was actually at a party hosted by uh, Mike.
2: Let me see. I'll tell you who it was. I have the invitation right here. Sounds by DJ Tony Touch.
0: Ah, Tony Touch. Okay.
2: Oh. Uh-huh. And the party was from 11 to 3 a.m. And you know what? All it's right. invitation only. No plus one. It was so private. It was just like... Every few minutes it'd be like sixty people. Then they'd turn and there'd be forty people. Then they would more people would come and then there'd be it was just so respectful. It was such a cool party. Just a real nice crowd, very laid back, all Janet's friends and you know, from the years you know, it just was really wonderful.
0: It looked like a cool vibe. It looked really laid back. We saw a cool picture of her with Tina, which, you know, for the Jan fam, that's like the ultimate. We that combination of Janet and Tina and all those years together, that was that was something special. That was something those special. Those
2: were major. Those are major. I came in during like Seanette and Mm -hmm. then uh, Mm -hmm. Gil. That's when I came in, like right after, right at the end of Tina.
0: Let's switch and talk about that a little bit more. Fans, we think of each iteration of Janet's style kind of as an era. Uh, What era did you style Janet?
2: Um, My first job was design of a decade album cover, the black and white version. Yeah, we shot that in New York. Um, She wanted to look like Dorothy Dandridge for the cover. For the European cover. So that was my first job with her. And it was amazing. And it I,
0: was. That gown, wasn't that like a burgundy gown with like some studs on there? It was
2: um it was like a deep copper burgundy and it had it was by Isaac Mizrahi and it was oh. one of a kind. And when I when I pulled it for the album, um I put it on I didn't know her, but I dressed her mm-hmm. in it, and then I got a phone call from the record company that Trudy Styler wanted to wear it for Bazaar Magazine. And I said, Well, Janet already wore it. She goes, Well, she can't because Trudy's wearing it and I said Pull the picture. Janet's wearing it.
0: Hmm. And
2: uh, Janet got to wear the dress first for the cover, uh, you know, for the cover of her album. And then Trudy wore it again in Vogue about, you know, six months later. OK. Gorgeous dress. Gorgeous dress on Janet.
0: It was. It was beautiful. That was amazing. That that whole era. the Oh, video, yeah. The cover.
2: That's when I first um, we started calling it her heaven when we started putting her breasts in this brock by Gassard from London. That started giving her those big round beautiful breasts.
0: <laughs> so you did that.
2: And I go, honey, those tits are heaven. She goes, and she's like, I love my heaven, Lucas. <laughs> she would say things like, When are we gonna do heaven? We need more heaven. You know, it was good. It was it was a good time. Yeah, like we did twenty four mm-hmm. play after that also, which was gorgeous video.
1: And how did how did the collaboration between you and Janet? Um, come together. Did she hear about you from another legend, or did she just see some of your work and say, "Hey, I need Wayne"? How did How did you guys? I start?
2: was with I was with the top um styling agent in New York City, and I was shooting all the big supermodels, and I was doing Revlon, and I was doing uh, Cindy Crawford and Claudia Schiffer. Like when the supermodels were the supermodels, we don't wake up for ten thousand a day. Mm-hmm. I was dressing those girls, wow. and at that point, I was very doing. I was into fashion, doing fashion. And my agent was a very big agent. Her name was Marissa. And the company was called Brian Bantry. And I was driving down through Times Square one day like in a convertible with my driver in the front and my assistant next to me. And this is like, that's like 1993 or 95. It was like pre-tiny cell phones. The cell phones were those huge, big cell phones. (laughs) And I got a call on this big, huge shoebox cell phone. And I answered it. And it was my agent. And she said, I've got a really great opportunity for you. She said Marina Schiano, this famous stylist, and Paul Cavaco, this famous fashion editor, are both not available to do Janet Jackson's album cover with Patrick de who was a very famous French photographer that I was working with at the time. She goes, I'd like to offer the job to you. I said, "Oh my God, Janet Jackson, Pleasure Principal, my whole you know childhood <laughs> the was Janet is Jackson." Back. <laughs> yeah, and Michael Jackson had done Thriller, which you guys were too young. But when Thriller came out, I mean, we all ran home <laughs> to watch Thriller. That was the most amazing thing that we've ever seen in a rock video. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how big that night was when Thriller premiered. So I said I would absolutely love to work with her on this, and she goes, "Good, I'm glad she's going to be calling you in 20 minutes." Oh, wow. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, she's calling in 20 minutes. And the phone rang. And um, I was in the car and it was that voice. Hello? I'm like, hey, how are you? I'm Wayne Lucas. Hi, this is Janet. You know, very quiet, very. And when she doesn't know you, she's very quiet, Mm -hmm. very private. And then we started talking about work. And she said, I want this to be uh, an homage to Dorothy Dandridge. I've been, and I, i I didn't know who the hell Dorothy Dandridge was. <laughs> I'm a white boy from New Jersey. Well, what do I know from Dorothy Dandridge? I know Olivia Newton, John do.
0: Okay. You know
2: John Travolta, <laughs> you know, Travol- Greece. I'm like, who the heck is Dorothy Dandridge? So instead of saying that, I go, oh, yeah, Dorothy Dandridge, great. I'm going, right. oh, my God. So she said, well, I have a book. I can send you a book, and you can see you know, what her clothes looked like and what she wore. I said, oh, great. I'd love to see a book. Right. I'm thinking, get my ass to the New York Public Library as fast as I can. Because you guys are young. You don't remember this, but even computers. I love
0: that you think we're 12.
2: Well, been, <laughs> I'm telling you, even if you're 30, the computers weren't like they are now. You couldn't just Google Dorothy Dandridge. It just is not what it is. You couldn't. You...
1: Wayne, we're knocking on 40. Well
2: you better get knocked up at 40 if you want to get anywhere in this life because but even at even at 40 I'm 50 so you're 10 years behind me think of 10 years before you first saw a computer yeah i mean in 1993 yeah. computers were just not like they are now you'd have to go home yep. in front of this big screen and
0: you had to do the AOL and
2: you'd have on. to Come do on, that dial down. up and then search black actress <laughs> With a you know, you couldn't just say Dorothy Dandridge. Hey, so, um, so I, uh, I said I would do it. And, um, she sent me the book and then I started going crazy and I started shopping and there was nothing that was vintage Dorothy Dandridge out there. So I found that dress by Isaac Mizrahi and my friend Matthew Hunt was her publicist. I borrowed that, uh, dress for Janet. Now, if you said the name Janet Jackson, you could borrow anything you wanted in New York. Anybody would give you anything. So I found how easy it was to start getting clothes and then I went to a bunch of vintage stores and I had, I probably had 30, 40 full racks. Like I had created like a department store in the photo studio. That's how nervous I was to please her. And I went into the studio and I said to the photographer, Patrick, I'm so scared. I don't even know. I don't even know if Janet knows this story because I don't think I've ever told her. I said, Patrick, I'm so scared to death. I said, I I said, I hope I don't fail. I said, did I do okay? I said, it's Janet Jackson. I said, you know, and like, at that point, I felt like she was my biggest, a big giant star because she is and she was. So I said, I don't know what to do. I hope Mm -hmm. I did okay. And he goes, she's a star. You did exactly what you should do. A genial. She's going to love it. It's going to be beautiful. Don't worry, Wayne. You, you know, you're good at this. So (laughs) I came to the shoot at 6am. My assistants had set up all the clothes and, um, Janet was in a little room with Kevin Aquan. it was like a table with a mirror, and then they put cardboard up around it so you couldn't see her. and she was with Kevin Aquan and Janet Satoun, and they did hair and makeup from six am. I don't think I, I met her until three o'clock in the afternoon. That's how many and the sad part wow. was I was the loser. They were all in there laughing and talking and eating and they'd pop their heads out and they were chatting and (laughs) all buddies. And I was this loser outside going like, oh God, I'm going to fail. This is going to be so bad. And um, finally she came out and there's a picture that's on my Instagram where she's in a black sweater, a white t-shirt and dark eye makeup. She came out and she said, hi. And I said, hi. And I said, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just look at all the clothes? And she said, yeah. And she actually took the time to look at all the clothes, and she knew when to stop and grab a dress and go, hold that one, hold that one. Okay, let's get started. And I Mm. showed the dress to the photographer. I showed it to the hair and makeup. Kevin did the makeup. Janet Tatoon finished the hair, and we put her in the dress, and we got the first shot. Now, that dress had a corset. It had crinolines, big, tulle crinolines. I mean, I had to build her into a dress, and I think at that point, other than costumes, she hadn't really worn anything like that. You know, so from my end, it made me look like I had brought quality clothes and I was not going to fail her, you know, and we did the first shot. And then the second thing was I took that dress off her and she was so tired from all the clothes and the posing that she laid down in the dressing room. I think it's on the back of design of a decade or it's inside the CD where she's in that big black skirt and a bronze. She's laying on a box. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's when she took off the dress from the cover. And she was so tired, she just wanted to sit down when I talked about the next outfit, and she laid on the floor. And that's when we fell in love with each other. Yeah. That's also when I made a joke about her family, and she wanted to get me fired, she told me years later. I don't know what I said, but I thought I was funny, and I said something shady. And she's like, you were so shady, I was going to send you home. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, did I I said
0: oh I'm glad that worked out for you? I said, No,
2: I didn't say anything. She goes, Lucas, you were shady and I was gonna send you home. You made a joke and I didn't like your joke. And I was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna die. And, And Renee was still around back then, but he wasn't on the shoot, and I'm like, Oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. I'm gonna get fired. So then I had to kind of fake my way into being charming again. And then I had created a leather ball gown. This is way before anybody had done this. So the ball gown was as big as Cinderella but the whole bottom was leather and the whole top mm. was this like Alexander McQueen esque leather corset. And when we put it on, you had to lace her all the way down the back. Now at this point, I still hadn't talked to Shebetta. I'm not, not Shibeta, Janet's a or Kevin a coin. And Kevin came out cause we needed help lacing her into the corset. And that's when me and Kevin actually fell in love. He was a star and I wasn't his friend yet, but he had to put his foot in her back and we had to pull on the laces to get it really, really tight in her waist. And she was gagging, and me and Kevin were laughing, and Kevin kept whispering, tighter, tighter, tighter. And we were laughing, and Janet was gasping. and Yeah, and we got her into the dress, and we got her in the set. She never used that picture. And somebody has a Polaroid of it somewhere. Janet has all the film, but it was one of my favorite looks on her that I've ever done for her.
0: You guys spent... 20 30 minutes tying this woman into a dress for a picture we've never seen. Oh, more than that. We spent <laughs> I built the dress. The dress
2: took a week to build. We corseted her into the dress. It took an hour to dress her in it. And it had buckles on the shoulders and then Kevin and Janet did about 6 hours of makeup and pictures never been posted anywhere, never printed anywhere.
0: Oh my what- goodness. Well, first of all, that sounds like the strangest team builder ever. But that was a welcome to the team. I was really nervous.
2: I thought I was going to fail. I really (laughs) thought I was going to fail. And maybe that's what makes me work so hard because I don't want to fail anybody.
0: Wow. Would you ever get to a point like when did you feel like I'm in here? I'm a part of the team.
2: I don't think you ever feel that way um, if you're really good at your job. I think if you're a stylist or a makeup artist or a hairstylist, you never should get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. But- to your question, I knew I was part of the team when the bodyguards start to trust you and the assistant Terry mm-hmm. Harris knows that she can trust you. And when I was working with Tina Turner, Roger Davies would make me stay with Tina and have dinner and then walk Tina Turner back to her room because he knew he could trust me. And that's when I knew I was part of the team. When I knew that her team knew, That I had her back. And no matter what happened, I would lay down in front of a bullet if she needed me to. Does that make sense? It does. I love that. And then being able to support her when she wasn't in the mood or when she was tired or, you know, she could finally go like, I can't do this. I'm so tired. I'm like, let's go. Here we go. I mean, I stood backstage. You know that big set for All For You, um, the big set of like Sunset Boulevard with all the billboards and everything when the girls all danced? Mm -hmm. I stood off the side of that set and I cried because we had shot for three days and we didn't do like in the union way where you take a big break. We shot for three days, 24 hours a day. I don't know how Janet kept going and how she kept performing. I mean, I told, I said to somebody once the dancers feet were bleeding because I put them in those motorcycle boots and they weren't broken in. And and the subway scene, the girls' feet were all bleeding, and then they danced barefoot, and their feet hurt. Everybody was exhausted, and Janet kept the light. She knew how to. That's when I knew she knew how to turn the light on when she needed to, you know. And that also goes back to your original question about self protection. You don't give everybody the light. You keep that light private, so you can have some self. You can you know self. You can preserve yourself a little bit, you know. And then when you have to turn the light on for work, you have to turn the light on to talk to people, you turn the light on. But you keep yourself peaceful and quiet in between those big moments. But I stood behind a wall. It was 3, like 3.45 a.m. And I just started crying. I just said to my assistant, I'm so tired. I couldn't get the words out. And we still had like seven hours to go. So
0: how did that work? Was like the only breaks you all were able to take was during setups or like when did you all breathe? The
2: crew the crew has to take a break. This this the union have to take breaks. But when the union is taking a break, remember the rest of us are changing hair and makeup. So we're taking the costume off, put and then I'm dressing fifteen dancers too, not just Janet. So it's never ending. It just, it goes on and on. And then you eat, you have like 30 minutes or an hour. Stylist hair and makeup usually take 10 minutes. If lunch is an hour, we take 10 minutes so that we can run back and start dressing her again. So while she's eating her lunch, we're doing her hair and makeup. And then when she's done eating, I put her in the clothes and we're ready to go. So you never really, because you can't get a break and then go back to work and have everybody wait another three hours for you to get her dressed. You know, it's, it's a lot. I'm telling you, what she does to create these videos and films for people, if they only knew how hard it was, and I don't care what anybody says about, well, you're a celebrity, you're rich, it doesn't matter. It is an exhaustive process to make it great.
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, you're still a human. I remember watching the, um, long time ago, so this will help you know how old we are, um, when the Rhythm Nation VHS came out, it had the long form video and uh I remember watching it and you know uh-huh. when she performed the knowledge and then they do that dance routine. I think they're on like a roof or something, and then she passes out on the ledge. And so everyone's Exhausting. like, Oh my god, that was awesome! Like the dance, everything. And right, and then you find out later, like, oh, like yeah. she really passed yeah. out. Like and this the thing was- is
2: No, and you know, one of my 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 old best friend was Karen Owens. I don't know if you know Sharon and Karen. They're the twins that were in coming to America. They were Tina Turner's background dancers. Right. Karen was one of the dancers in Rhythm Nation. So we talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy business. It's it's, it's, um, it's hard work and it's interesting. And if you're, if you're going to work at the level of Janet Jackson, that's another thing back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when you said, what did that night mean to you? Do you know what a blessing it is to get to work at that level? I don't take this for granted. I am mm-hmm. on my knees to God every day thanking him that I met Janet Jackson. Thanking him that Tina Turner thought that I was worth, you know, booking for all those jobs. Thanking him that I met that
0: lying bastard Justin Timberlake. Don't get a story, please. We're not gonna do it right. I don't. People know that, like, I don't hold grudges. Like, I can't think of anybody in my personal life that I was ever angry with that I'm still angry with because I just I don't operate that way. But the name Justin Timberlake does something to me. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's funny, and you know,
2: I did. I did his huge. Um, I did a huge tour for him right before that. I did a huge tour for London, Justin Timberlake in London. I dressed him, and he got the best dressed for his whole career. They said he gave David Beckham a run for his money because oh, wow. he was styled. He was styled so well. So it's so funny that we were such we were so close because remember Marty? What is it, Marty Caldeca? What was Marty's last name? Marty. Uh, he did the all for know. you stuff.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, he was Kelly. He was Kelly Kono's old boyfriend.
0: Mm, Okay, I did not know that.
2: Yeah, hello. Okay, Um,
0: okay.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I just, you know, be be, and he got me Justin Timberlake, which made me so happy. And we did amazing work. I dressed all the dancers. I did the whole tour, the justified tour in London, all over Europe. So I was lucky enough to do all that. But then when I saw Justin at the Super Bowl, he wasn't the person that I thought. Uh, That's all I can say.
0: Yeah, I feel better about knowing that that was before because I knew that you had styled him, and I wasn't. Oh, I, I
2: would you. I wouldn't have styled You've him. Got got I wouldn't have styled him after. You
0: gotta eat. So if you would have had to, I wouldn't have been upset. Yeah, no, but, I had to
2: be loyal. Uh, <laughs> I had to be I had to be loyal to Janet after. Yeah. You know, I would never have worked with him after.
1: Wow, and and you just mentioned um, the that you styled the All for You video, but also the MTV uh-huh. Icon performance and the All for You tour. I just mm-hmm. want to ask you about the tour, but. First, can you tell us how the ideal to dress the dancers in those gorgeous, all-white versions of classic Janet Jackson costumes came about? Janet
2: Janet was really sick that whole press tour. She was very, very ill. Oh. And she had just worn herself down. Mm-hmm. And we had so much press back to back to back that if you imagined, every time you saw her, in between when you saw her, she was doing more press. It was mm-hmm. And she was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. It was never-ending. And there were nights when me and Janet and Shañette were laying on the floor like in these dance rehearsal halls. And then I had to make Janet get up and still try clothes on. Because she mm-hmm. she. would she, the best part mm-hmm. about her is she makes you dress all the dancers first. Mm-hmm. And she takes care of all of her kids. And then she takes care of herself. So by the time you get to Janet, she's very tired. And she's still going strong, you know. And it keeps you going strong. So we were talking about an idea for um, – the icon and we had a bunch of ideas and then she had just come out with all for you and everybody loved that half leather jacket that I created so much Mm -hmm. that I said we should make this all in white. And she's like, this is great. I go, Janet. And then I made the proposal that we should dress all the dancers in her costumes from every iconic video she ever did because she's an icon. So we sat down and made a list of which ones that we thought were her iconic videos And then she came back and told me what she thought were the most important videos. And then we decided, how are we going to do this? And then we said, white. We're going to do it all in white. So Janet took me, well, Janet's business people let me into her archives. She has football fields of archives of her history of her costumes. And I went into the storage units, and I was able to dig, and I pulled out Rhythm Nation. And I was able to touch the original Rhythm Nation. I touched the original Escapade. Mm. I touched the original If. I touched all the original costumes, all the way down to her Mae West costume from the Dinah Shore show when she was made up.
0: <laughs>
2: I was able to touch all the costumes. And then we took them back to my tailor. And we swatched fabric all over L.A. And we built every single costume. Like the Rhythm Nation costume has the original metal discs on it from Rhythm Nation 1814. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is original. Wow. So we took things off the original costumes. Then we had to put the costumes back together for the archive closet. So it was my idea to do everything in white. It was my idea to do all the iconic costumes. And then it was Janet's input about which ones were the most important and how these should look. And then she watches every fitting. She wants to see every Polaroid, and she wanted to make sure it was all perfect for you guys. And then I was backstage, and this is before Christina Aguilera was famous. And she came to the dressing room, and she knocked on the door, and she said, Hi, my name is Christina Aguilera. I would like to meet Janet Jackson. And I go, she's busy. Just like that, I was shady. And -hmm. Janet goes, Lucas, don't you ever be shady to people when they come (laughs) to the door to say hi? I said, I don't know who she is. She goes, that's Christina Aguilera. I go, okay, you know, we're busy. You know? And then Janet gets mad at me. And then I let her in, and she was like, it was so sweet because she was like, I love you. You're so special. I, you're so important. Oh my God. Christina was so, such a fan that it was so charming that it was really nice that she got to meet her. But as we walked out of the room after the performance, Janet's manager, Roger Davies, said, and he does Tina Turner and Pink and Cher, he said, in my history, of doing celebrities for award shows and for things like this, nothing will ever surpass what you created with those white costumes for icon. Wow.
0: Wow. I thought that was
2: a major compliment, right?
0: We talk about those costumes all the time. Like it is amazing. First of all, how well they look in white, but also just the detail. Like now that you're telling us the story about how you went into the archives and, and worked with your tailor and sourced the fabrics. Like it all makes sense. Oh yeah. I mean, it was,
2: what is that? What is that? Um, the, the video with Cab Calloway. You know the one. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I went to the original hat maker that Janet Warren had that exact hat made in white, you know, and found the exact oh, ribbon that Janet, you know, I mean? and the scarf and the escapade, the balance of the, how the jacket bounced. I think Jenna Dewan, she was Jenna Dewan back then. What's her name now that she was with? What's his name?
0: She still goes by Jenna Dewan. She does.
2: Yeah. Who did she marry? Um, What's Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. But so it's still Jenna Duan, Jenna was escapade. So she was like to fit her in that outfit and to make that jacket. And it just was really, and we had the over the, the over the leather, neat leather boots done. I don't know how we did all that, to tell you the truth. It was yeah. so much work.
0: I don't think we've seen a show like that. When I think about, uh, especially tribute shows, but award shows in general, but just tribute shows for yeah. a singular celebrity, for the caliber of staging and production that that was for Janet Jackson. I just yeah. can't think of anything else really like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they should that's why they should re-release that. And that's exactly why Janet should get the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Award right there.
0: Absolutely. Especially when you watch videos, because you know we 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 go on YouTube and watch a lot. When you look at the faces of the celebrities in the audience, not just there, but especially there. Yeah. When Janet comes out, something different happens it to was people. So exciting. Right? <laughs> it was
2: so exciting.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't matter what she's coming out for. Like when she shows up, the the atmosphere shifts. Like
2: Absolutely.
0: People behave differently. People are genuinely excited like children. And I just love that effect that she has on me. Absolutely.
2: And that's who she is. And, you know, if you get to know her and you get to be her, she's not as accessible as she was back then. But she's becoming more Mm -hmm. accessible now with this Vegas residency and this tour and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're going to see a lot more of her. There's a whole new generation of people that are falling in love with her I'm seeing.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's really interesting to watch the different groups find her. There are so many teens that are finding Janet Jackson there who are totally. going back through the archives. And her music, her presence, her impact on music is timeless. And uh, totally. it it's we've always talked about how she feels like the most underrated superstar in the world,
2: except except for moments like the Icon Awards. I wish they would Absolutely. do those again absolutely
0: but i appreciate that she has always been able to kind of live out loud and then she goes away and takes time for herself and i think that has in some way caused her to be the underrated celebrity because she's not about attention attention now watch me watch me watch me all the time constantly it's like when i'm on i'm on and then i'm okay to just like go back and retreat yeah i
2: like i like I like the discretion i like that she's choosy about not just pushing herself in your face like Mariah Carey. Hello. <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> there must be a cloud over Wayne's house. Oh, there's a lot of shade.
2: It's dark here, honey. It is dark here. We got to put that J-Lo out to pasture. Come on, no, girl.
0: Nope, no, don't do it because we're not going to do that.
2: You know what? I'll tell you the truth. I did the first two Mariah Carey videos with my boss, Patty Wilson. And I think Jayla Mm -hmm. is one of the most beautiful people out there right now. And I love how she dresses. I love it.
0: She is always stunning.
2: But she shouldn't be with Shady J-Rod because he's shady. But go ahead.
0: (laughs) So you don't
1: (laughs) trust (laughs) A-Rod?
2: I can't because my client, Christy Brinkley, was – I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. You can leave it in. She was going to date him. And she flirted with him. They kissed. They did the whole thing. And she invited him to fly out for the weekend for, like, Labor Day or Fourth of July weekend. And he flew out with Cameron Diaz. What? Hello. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: that is That is what we like to call unmitigated gall. Like that was it's unnecessary. Total <laughs> shade.
2: She's like excited that he's coming, and he brings a date. Hello. I think they were, I think they were going to Billy Joel's Fourth of July party. Hello. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Okay. But he brought a date, a date when he wow. was going to meet his okay.
2: date. Hello. Yeah.
0: Um, so we, let's talk shift to the tour. So the All For You tour.
2: I didn't do the tour clothes. I did, did all the videos during the tour and a lot of the European costumes that they used for like top of the pops and all that stuff were costumes that I created, but I never did the stage tour for All For You.
0: So did you ever travel with Janet?
2: Yes, I did a lot. The oh. one thing I did during All For You, the big Hawaii concert, mm-hmm. that huge concert, that oh, yes. was great. And I built costumes for that. Two of the costumes I built for that- are on camera from the first night, but never made it to the second night. And they're my favorite costumes.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. I wanted to ask you about. Uh, actually, I really want to talk about Hawaii, but mostly because I was just trying to pin you in a corner so I could ask some like generic tour questions.
2: Ask me anything. I, I've done tours for everybody: Janet, Tina, my, Justin, everybody.
0: So my question is: the when. When you're coming up with the concepts or the ideas uh-huh. for like the overall look you're going for, how does it work in actually the con- the costume coming to be? Like, do you send out for sketches or do you like... Oh, no. What I would
2: do is I would um, start looking at every magazine out there and start tearing things that I love. Tear sheets, tear oh. sheets, tear sheets. I would buy European magazines. Then I would get all the fashion magazines from Europe. And then I would get all the videotapes from the European fashion shows. Then I would sit, and back then we would do MTV, but I would sit for hours then going over every single video out there. You know, who's wearing what? What is Britney wearing? What is Christina wearing? What is Jayla wearing? What is because I didn't want Janet to ever look like any of them. Wow. So my whole feeling with Janet was fashion forward, no one's done it before. And then a good stylist looks all the way back. The problem with these young stylists are. Like Rob, who's doing her now, is almost 60. He has a fashion history. The problem with the young stylists, they don't look back. They think all their ideas are Mm. genius, and most of it has been done already. So Mm -hmm. what I would do is I would pull all these tear sheets, and then I would do a couple of sketches. And then I would send them to Janet via – back then it was fax machine. We'd fax them or FedEx them. And then um, now we're sending pictures, and then she'd send back and say, I like this. I don't like these pants. I like this top with this bottom. Can you do this? And then we would build. The reason why Janet and even even Brittany back then was this guy named Andy at this company, Body Worship. We would design it, and he would custom make all that stuff. That's why you could never find it in the stores or on the racks. So then we would show Ah, it, and then we would build it, and then we would put it on her body, and we would fit it, and then we would like in the All for You video, she's got Jean Paul Gaultier did this whole collection where all the clothes were cut in half, and I thought it was so genius. So I got Janet the half jacket. I redesigned it, and then I dressed all the dancers in those half clothes. So if you stop the video and look, everybody's in half dresses, half shirts, half pants. That's the whole concept of the of the of the video. But it was what was happening in Paris, and it wasn't going to hit America for two or three more years. So if I put in a video now, by the time the video comes out, we're going to be fashion forward, and then in history, it goes gotcha. that, that video still looks stylish.
0: It does. That video really holds up. Hello. It's, it's- it's one of our favorites. In fact, the video sold me on the song because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I love it. Um. Well,
2: you know, that, that, that subway scene where they're all dancing on the subway mm-hmm. with all those colorful shirts, that company was a shirt company called Alabama. And they had just come out at the Chelsea Hotel and everybody wanted them. Each shirt is like 2000 to 3000 a shirt, those cut up shirts. You know what Janet's wearing, that bright striped yeah. shirt? Yeah. Each shirt is Ooh. so much money, but it looks like it's nothing. It looks like it was just thrown on, but I had every shirt custom made. After the rehearsal, each girl came to me and we had custom fittings and each girl had four outfits per video, custom fittings, custom Polaroids. Then I take all the Polaroids and I take all the fittings and then I have to show them to Janet and then Janet has to approve everything. She looks at every single outfit and says, change the shoe, change the belt, fix the pants. She's meticulous. She's a pleasure to work with because she knows what she likes and she understands fit. And if you're a stylist who's good at fit, you're the perfect stylist for her.
1: Something I've always wanted to ask, as far as when it comes to touring, what's the biggest challenge? And it doesn't have to be like, you know, Janet and, you know, all the superstars that you've worked with, but like what's the biggest challenge in getting ready for a tour?
2: I think the hardest thing about when you're there is missing your family. But then you create a family with all the people on tour. So you become the best of friends. I think the second hardest thing is is cleaning the wardrobe. Ah. Because you build these things to be quick change. So every night these dancers are sweating. So at one point all Tina Tina Turner's dresses were rhinestones. So we would just take them off her and we would have these giant um, bins of water with chemicals, you know, cleaning. Mm -hmm. And we would just dip and soak and then lift and hang to dry because every night we wanted to clean everything. So when Janet's in those all-for-you clothes with the leather jackets and the jeans, that has to be washed like every night. So everybody takes their clothes off and all that stuff gets washed. And then they wear it again for the next show. So controlling the wardrobe. And then when you break down at the end of a tour to go to the next city, you're packing 900 wardrobe trunks and you can't lose anything for the next city. Do you know what I mean? And then halfway through the tour, all the clothes start breaking down. Wow! So you either have to copy the clothes or make three and four copies. So like when Justin did Justified, Everything those people wore, there was three copies of every item that they wore. So that by the end of the tour, you'd still have a copy that was fresh. Wow. So that's the hardest stuff, I think. And then, you know, each new venue, it's, it's new problems. It's, you know, a lot of, uh, they call them runners when you leave the stage and you run off and get into cars and then run to the airport. There's a lot of runners that go on. There's a lot of backstages that are really not nice that you have to be backstage. And it's kind of crummy to mm-hmm. be back there. But, you know, working with people like Janet and Tina and Justin at that level, you're always treated well.
0: OK, you, you put something to bed for me that I've been worried about for a good 15 years. I had always been worried about, like, how many costumes do they have and who does the laundry? Like when you're on a tour, like who is doing Janet's laundry? Like, how is that happening?
2: There are there were, not her personal, but there's wardrobe masters and most of us are in control. So there was a lady named Bonnie on Tina Turner's tour. And so Mel was the costume designer, and then Bonnie was in control of all the clothes, so all the clothes went... You know, it's almost like you see on those Broadway shows, the dancers come off the stage and they throw the clothes into a bin, but everything Mm -hmm. has to be labeled so you know who's wearing what. So there's so much control backstage, and when those people Mm -hmm. run off the stage, Janet is doing a two-minute quick change, but so are 15 dancers. So you've got 15 wardrobe people, one for each dancer usually, but sometimes the dancers handle their own quick changes. So before the show starts every night, you have to set up a rack per dancer. And then each rack has a dancer's name on it and all their quick changes are laid out in order. And then at the end of the night, all their clothes are piled on the floor or in a basket and you pick up all the clothes from the quick change and you take all the clothes to the laundry and you wash everything for the show the next day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work backstage. And that's why I would go in and I would design the wardrobe or I would create the wardrobe, but I
0: wouldn't stay to wash the clothes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about that at all. Are there any fashion Easter eggs in any of the videos or any of the red carpet looks that you style for Janet that like fans might have missed? Something that you were like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to put her in this because it relates to something in her life mm. and see if people know yeah. this.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I have to. I have to think about that. Well, the cock ring. You know, uh, yes. Yes. Every, single, every single ring on that was a cock ring from a sex shop downtown. <laughs> you know that, right? Yes. All those rings. And those rings were based on Janet being so sexual and the whole how she talks and how she talks sexy in all the videos. I just wanted to take it even further to make it this sex outfit out of these cock rings. So all those were. And the boots and the costume. The costume was made by Body Worship. The oh. boots were made by Matthew and Zaldi. Zaldi now works for Gwen Stefani working on Lamb. And Matthew did the makeup for the video. What's it going to be? But Matthew mm-hmm. was the guy that was a director and the big wig guy on RuPaul's Drag Race, Matthew Anderson. Ah. Yeah. Okay. He was the director from that show. So they made those boots for me. They built all that stuff from scratch. Um, so I would say the cock rings in that video, in 24 play, I used a vintage um, Lena Horne, a vintage necklace she wore in a movie. Mm -hmm. That necklace where Janet is standing there in the black and white velvet dress with the white collar and she's kind of giggling. That's a real Lena Horne necklace. I pulled that from an archive just to reference Lena Horne and Dorothy Dandridge. And then I would say, I didn't even think about this, so I'm, I'm glad you asked. The white dress that Janet wore getting out of the car at the Pantages Theater for 24 Play. Mm-hmm. That was an original dress that was supposed to be for uh, Judy Garland, Wizard of Oz. I found that at an old costume place. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's the what she wears as her evening gown getting out of the limo, just to reference back to Neverland and childhood and all that cute stuff. Um, I know that there's more. There's so much more stuff, but I can't think about it quick. I have to think about the things I did that were kind of like... Shady and funny and I just did them to uh you know oh i I did the v if you look at the if you look at um um all for you at Janet's belt with the jeans she's wearing a v mm-hmm. and it's her it's her her right belt loop and that's a Valentino belt and I did that v for victory victory over record companies victory over divorce victory over ex-husbands oh, just nice. like a woman on it yeah, just like a woman on her own. And that's, that was like a little secret little victory <laughs> there that I put there. Yeah, that's – And you, should, you guys – You should it. read all the buttons Love on it. the jackets. All the buttons together, like in the All For You jacket, if you put all the words together, they meant something. And then when she wore that Marlon Brando hat, all those buttons together – they kind of say something when you read them all in a row, but you're going to have to figure it out yourself.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Hello? Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and
1: real quick, how does knowing that someone is going to analyze every thread she wears um, – impact of your impact your style choices i know you mentioned like you know you pulling magazines from different places and stuff but you know with all the fashion critics that's out there how much you know does that weigh in the back of your head
2: okay number one i can't fail janet number two i can't fail the production number three i can't fail the fans so as much as you guys don't know that you know gil talks to a lot of the fans i don't really know them anymore but I care so much that you guys are happy. I also care that what Janet wears, you can copy. I also care that if I make a dress, you can probably find it in your local Mandy shop for $10. Like I never want to dress her. I never wanted to dress her too high end that you guys couldn't do it yourself. You know what I mean? And Janet, Janet used to say, make this um, accessible and attainable to my fans. I want them to know. I don't like my body this month, and I'm wearing this jacket. You can too. Like she's really good about that, uh, and about when she feels skinny, when she doesn't feel great, she wants you to see that you can dress your body any way that you want, and you can lo- fall in love with yourself. And I, so I owe it to the fans, I owe it to Janet, I owe it to the production, and at the end of the day, I owe it to myself because I'm a perfectionist. So I'm not going to give her something that's going to have, you know, the hem falling down or a string falling out. I don't think I can look back on any outfit and say, oh my God, I forgot to zip that, or oh my God, the button broke. Let's not talk about the Super Bowl. But I don't think I've given her any outfit that hasn't done exactly what it's supposed to do Mm -hmm. and be as beautiful as it's supposed to be. And they all stand the test of time. When she was putting together these videos, she said, Lucas, we did so much great work together. Mm -hmm. And can I tell you something? To have a celebrity look back and take the time and notice that, it made me feel so good. Even if I didn't get mentioned at the Hall of Fame, I almost cried because I was invited. I felt that that was a very special invitation. I really did.
0: Yeah, I love that. So obviously we have seen Janet's look change over and over. She iterates constantly. And we love that. Like the fans love that. If you had to name this stylistic period she's in, what would you call it? Right now? um, I mean, if goth if goth was a word
2: now... I would say, like it's you know, because I know Rick Owens. I know Rob, the designer that they really like a lot. I know Rob Behar, her stylist right now, who I really think is an adorably nice human. A nice, he's from Europe. He has a really lovely French flair, mm-hmm. you know. So it's almost like I, I would almost say couture goth or couture. Um, honestly, it's almost something that you guys are going to see in ten years. But nobody knows it yet. Oh wow. You know, like you're seeing it you're seeing it now because Janet, no matter what anybody says, she's not a follower, she's an influencer.
0: Absolutely. So trust
2: me, somebody's gonna be wearing a cape like that with feathers sewn on it, or some some designer's gonna create that next season. You know, I'm telling you, you're gonna see it somewhere and you're gonna see the feeling. But there's like a there's this old vintage goth feeling to what she's doing in her clothes. And then there's this really nice French high-end. There's a bunch of designers right now um, that are doing those looks that you guys are going to start seeing show up. It's this real like um, ecological dressing with real leathers and body conscious stuff and you know, great cuts and things cut on the bias. So that nothing is too body shapy. It's almost I wouldn't say transgender, I would say genderless. Mm -hmm. it's a genderless way of dressing so that everybody's inclusive, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And then the other night she was beautiful with stunning hair and makeup, ladylike gloves, feathers, but then pants with slits and that big cape. A man could wear it. A woman could wear it. It's just this beautiful kind of the way the world is going, isn't it? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I was too high up. I did not know that there were pants. Um (laughs) There there
2: were shiny black pants, I think, underneath it. I saw something shiny. was
0: there? Okay, did she have on shoes? That's the other question I had. She
2: had I... shoes on. Somebody said they saw her in a wheelchair. I said, that's bullshit. A uh, what? Some, some, <laughs> some fan, someone on Facebook said, someone said they saw Janet in a wheelchair. Is everything okay? I go, you guys have to stop.
0: What? You... Okay. So what is your hope for Janet's fashion future? That she only
2: hires me. <laughs> <laughs> that she'll beg me to come back and play house with her. I'm kidding. Uh, Janet's uh, fashion future. I hope that she can show her insides to all of you by showing you how she no in a good way. I hope that she can. <laughs> I hope that she can show her insides, her heart, and her kindness, and the way she loves herself and her family, through how she expresses herself in her costumes. I think that I want her to be able to to feel as good how she dresses as how she's feeling on the inside as a mom, and as a, a caring person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think that the clothes. Um, it's important that your clothes reflect how good or bad you feel about yourself and I want the fans to know that she is in the groove right now she is in the groove with her life with her child with her family with her partnerships with her business and I hope that the clothes reflect that this is a confident smart stylish on trend woman who's going to take over the world if she wants to
0: yes I appreciate that. You're
2: supposed to say, yes, hunty, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just reflecting because, you know, the, there's so much to come, I think. Here's the
2: deal. I was talking to Rob at, her, at the after party and her stylist said, you're going to be really, really impressed with her uh, Las Vegas wardrobe.
0: Oh man. It's
2: not Vegas at all. It's going to be very special. Wow. Get ready.
0: Ooh, okay. okay, We're ready. We, we will be in the house. We got our tickets.
2: I love that. What did you want to ask you to ask you one more thing?
1: How did you know that fashion was your calling? Like, cause I can't match nothing but t-shirt and jeans. Mm. <laughs> and I see other, you know, people who have that eye, but when did you know fashion was, was going to be your 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 main thing
2: I used to watch the Academy Awards and I used to watch all those award shows and then I would sketch the outfits the ladies were wearing Mm -hmm. and I always wanted to be in fashion Um, my parents chose my college and had me go into graphic design they thought there was it was gonna be more lucrative Mm -hmm. and they thought that there were less gay people in in graphic (laughs) design and they wanted me to be (laughs) a nice a nice born-again Christian boy so hey Jesus hey Jesus hey honey so
0: that, that graphic design was your parents' conversion <laughs> Well, it,
2: Actually, that's so funny you said that because it was. Because that, <laughs> oh, that wow. seemed more like a businessman's business. It was business. You know, it wasn't like fashion and all the guys at FIT and all the dresses and the whole thing. So I really wanted fashion and it was pulled away from me. But I fought back to get it back. I was doing graphic design and I took a job doing sweeping up after the models and feeding them, catering and. Ironing the clothes. I wanted to be in fashion so bad. And then I I got someone saw that I was a hard worker and they hired me on another shoot and then another shoot and then a celebrity saw me. And I was Lauren Hutton's stylist, who was an American gigolo with Richard Gere, and then I was Christy Brinkley's stylist, a supermodel. And I just had an eye. I was a graphic designer and I was an artist growing up. So it was just being able to always have an eye to see how things looked good together. I think you can learn style. But I think that it comes from within somehow mm-hmm. in some creative way. I think it can be learned. I tell everybody this. If you want to do this business and you want to be a stylist, just work hard, shut up, and show up. Because if you shut up and you show up and you work hard, you will learn so much on these sets. If, if, if an assistant comes to me and they really want to be a stylist, they can't first say, I want to work with you in a Janet Jackson video. They have to say, I want to learn styling and then I'll take them on and then mm. they learn how to iron. They learn how to pack. They learn how to unpack. I watch how they treat a celebrity. If Christy Brinkley walks in, I watch that they make sure she has a drink and that she has food. It's all like 85% of this is caring for the celebrity. And then the other percentage is your taste and your style. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. It, does. It, it does.
2: So I guess from being an artist young, I had a sense of color. I'm colorblind red and green, which no one knows. Really? So I really can't see how red and green match. So people think I'm some amazing stylist because of the way I put colors together. It's because, Bish, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Everyone so else is my, like, he's so eclectic.
2: He, yeah, my red and my green are tonal. So I dress people in tones of color. I don't necessarily dress them in matching colors. So that's how come it seems a little extra creative, but I'm just screwed up, bitch.
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> it. You know what? We're going to have to leave it there. I know that you got, uh, you got other it. things to do besides chit chat with us. No, I love you. Uh, I but love listen, it. this has been so much fun. I love it. And uh, you already painted yourself into a corner. You're going to come back and talk with us Anything again.
2: Anything you want. And all of you guys love yourself just as you are. Love your bodies just as they are. Look in the mirror with eyes of love. God doesn't make garbage. He made you guys very special. Ladies who have had babies, love that stomach that grew a baby. You, those aren't your mother's thighs. Those are your thighs. Fall in love with them because they carry you through this world. Love yourself, guys. I mean that.
0: Thank you. Yes. You know, that's one of the reasons I love following you on social media. You post the most inspirational and uplifting things ever.
2: Listen, I keep my Instagram open. Thank you for saying that. Tell the kids. It's. W.S. Lucas style underscore W.S. underscore. And I let anybody follow me and on Facebook too. Wayne Scott and then Lucas.
0: You put a smile on my face more than once a day.
2: I love you. That's so good. Thank you, God. And I mean, God's with us. So just trust yourself. God doesn't make junk, guys. Believe that. I had a partner commit suicide many years ago. So I just want to tell everybody out there. You're supposed to be here. You have a purpose in this world. Find your purpose. And start with loving yeah, yourself. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, we love you, and we thank you so much. I love you guys very
2: much. And I'll tell you one thing: everything, everything you could imagine or dream about, when you think about, and let's be honest, fans are fans, and you love your you love your celebrity. Anything you can dream or think about, when you think about the best that Janet Jackson can be, mm-hmm. if you ever meet her, to all of you. Keep supporting this woman because she surpasses your wildest dreams as a human. She surpasses your wildest dreams, and she will continue to do things in private with charity that change the world. And every bit of support that you guys give her helps her feel uplifted through everything she could go through in this world. You guys really do matter to her. And I don't have to say that. You didn't ask me to say it. But to every fan out there, you matter. And I swear to God, if she could shake every one of your hand and tell you, thank you, she would. And she said at the end of that speech, and to all my fans, Mm -hmm. it's not just, she doesn't just say it for the heck of it. So every dream you have of what she's like, you're right. Every dream you have of how kind she is, you're right. Every dream you have of her being a good mother, you're right. I don't think I have one bad thing to say about her. And I don't work with her anymore. We're just friends. And I'm talking straight this is a good woman love it and she's going to help
0: change the world she has changed the world and will continue to do that absolutely yes well that really is it for us for now if you need more janet jackson which we know you need more janet jackson you can subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts or stitcher or wherever you get your podcast And also, if you are already a subscriber of this podcast, please leave us a comment wherever you are listening. Your comments and likes help other people find us, especially on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a comment
1: on iTunes if you can, even if you listen elsewhere. And tell a friend to follow us on social media at JJTodayPod. We would love to hear from other fans.
0: Our intro and outro music is provided by Good For You by THBD. Is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license.
2: The YouTube owner says, if it wasn't for Janet, it wouldn't have gotten so huge because everybody just spent all this time trying to find it on YouTube and rewinding and rewinding their TiVos. The funniest part about it is that nobody saw it live. Not one person listening saw it live. Everybody saw it in reruns. And you know what gets me the maddest? Was that? The most mad is that everybody saw it on the news when it ran 900 times. So if this was such a horrific scandal in America, why would every news station play it 900 times during dinnertime, during Agreed. kids being home from school? It's all a lie. It's all a setup. And we can talk about it the next show.